kindness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And I just feel this. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to get into the Bible study. Amen. But I just feel in my spirit. Amen. Even as we were praying, I could just hear the song in my spirit. And I just want us to sing unto the Lord on tonight. Amen. And give him praise. Hallelujah. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Hallelujah. For you're the name above all names. You're the name above all names. And you are worthy of our praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You're the name above all names. And you are worthy of our praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. How great is our God. Oh, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, one more time, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You're the name above all names. He's proven it and he's worthy of our praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. Jesus, your name's above all names. Your name's above all names. And you're worthy. 
you're worthy of all praise and our hearts and our hearts will sing how great is our god hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah hallelujah he's great 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 hallelujah can you give god praise tonight because he's great he's a great god he's a great god he's a great god he's a great god hallelujah our God is so great. Hallelujah. He is the name above all names and he is worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And we thank him. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what's going on in the background. It don't matter what's going on in the foreground. We just need to know that our God is a great God. Hallelujah. And he is the name above all names. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he is worthy of our praise. Can you unmute your phone just for one minute, just to give God some praise on tonight because he is worthy. Hallelujah. He's worthy worthy to be glorified. He is worthy to be exalted. He is worthy to be glorified and magnified on tonight. Hallelujah. We magnify your name tonight, Jesus. We lift your name how you said if you be lifted up, you would draw all men unto you. And so we lift up the name of Jesus on tonight hallelujah i just wanted to sing that tonight as a declaration how great is our god hallelujah he is the name above all names hallelujah glory to god and at the name of jesus glory hallelujah every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus is lord glory to god i don't care what your circumstance might have said to you it's got to bow at the name of jesus glory to god and so we're so grateful so grateful hallelujah that we serve a great god thank you jesus hallelujah amen and we just want to bless the lord bless the lord bless the lord well i want you to get your bibles this is really week four because this is week four of us, amen, teaching, amen, hallelujah, amen, on our worldview. But this is week three, amen, on us proving the accuracy of scripture, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. And we talked about several things over the past two weeks, amen, hallelujah, amen. And so I want you to get your Bibles and get ready so that we can get into this word, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen, hallelujah, amen. The first week that we did this study amen hallelujah glory to god we talked a little bit about the doctrine of jesus and his lordship and we started amen talking about the different claims that the scripture makes amen hallelujah and we uh went over those things about the the how the bible made claims that god exists and we proved through scripture that god does exist amen hallelujah amen and then we talked about the types of evidences that we would study as we did this particular uh study amen and we talked about the fact that God never leaves himself without a witness and we started going through the witnesses that the things in the earth amen that witness to the fact Amen. That Jesus is Lord and that God is God and that the things that were created were not created of themselves. Amen. And so witness number one was the existence of the universe. And we established the fact that life only comes through life. Therefore, we had to be we were able to debunk. Amen. The scientists 
thoughts of evolution because life only, hallelujah, comes from life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That living things, amen, number two, would only be able to reproduce after their own kind. Amen. Hallelujah. Then we talk about the uniqueness of the human race. Amen. And that the design must come from a designer. Now tonight, amen, we are going to look at witness number two. Amen. We went through all those different points. Amen. All of those established witness number one, which was the existence of the universe. And tonight, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to talk about witness number two, which is the accuracy of Oh, no, excuse me. Sorry, we did that already. Hallelujah. Didn't we do that already? The accuracy of the Bible? No, we didn't. That's tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. I got all of these. I got all these notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight we are going to talk about the accuracy of the Bible, which is witness number two. So let's pray and we're going to get into the word. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. That the entrance of your word brings light. And so we ask you tonight that even as your word goes forth, that you would strengthen us. Let light break in to every dark place. Let your word speak to us where we are. Open up our understanding on tonight in the name of Jesus. If we have any question about your existence or the accuracy of your word, let tonight be the answer. Hallelujah. That those that are listening and watching, God, that they have been looking for. And we thank you right now for bringing the answer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So the accuracy of scripture, amen, is what we're going to be talking about on tonight. Amen. And so we're going to start, amen, hallelujah, uh, uh, establishing the fact that, you know, a lot of people try to just say that the Bible is just a textbook on religion, and that's fine. That's fine. But you need to understand that the Bible does not just touch on religion. The Bible also uh, uh, touches on other subjects. It also touches on history. It touches on geography, and it touches on science. Now, we talk about the fact, and I think I have made mention of this as we were teaching, that the Bible is 66 books written by 40 di different authors over 2,000 years, okay? So there's a 2,000-year span, okay, over these books. It was written between 2,000 and 3,500 years ago. So, so all through that period of time, you got 40 different authors who are in different times, okay? And they all said the same thing. One picks up where the other one left off and they never met each other. Come on here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and we know this for a fact that, amen, when they found the scrolls, amen, everything was, you know, scattered all over the place. They didn't, we didn't have what we call, you know, a Bible, like we would call a Bible. They didn't have that. So they had scrolls. So how did these people, how did all these thousands of people over all these thousands of years, Keep up with scrolls that were written, and they all were saying the same thing, all right? And so um, even if you try to say, you know what I'm saying, um, that, you know, we don't have no proof for that. You got to prove that. Listen to me. The Bible was written in a time where even scientific error was abounding. There are, there are theories and things that are mentioned in scripture that scientists did not discover until eons after the fact. It had already been established in scripture and God said it and the writers wrote it by revelation. Hallelujah. And then the scientists discovered, quote unquote, <laughs> what God had already stated. 
Hallelujah. They were slow. Amen. And so skeptics have over the years, you know, and over the centuries, they have mercilessly searched, trying to prove God's word wrong. And they have not yet been able to do that. Okay. And, and you know what I'm saying? You have to understand that the Bible speaks truth. Like we just said, that were unknown to scientists centuries earlier. They had no idea, but God was revealing it. And so because God did this, should this not strengthen your belief in the fact that the word of God is true? You would think that it would strengthen your faith and strengthen your belief in the truth of God's word because God said it before the scientists discovered it. But they don't want to give God his credit, but that's all right. So we're going to look at a couple of examples, okay, where we'll be able to see that the Bible has been proven to be accurate even when scholars disagreed. The scholars disagreed, but we're going to talk about the proof that proved the scholars wrong. And not only proves the, proved them wrong, but there's one that we're going to talk about on tonight, amen, that not only did it prove them wrong, but he converted and was born again because in his research, he found out that God's word was true. What he was fighting against, trying to disprove. The word of God and the proof, amen, that he found in his search caused him to, amen, convert, amen, and believe God. So when you read in the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 3, and I want to use this as an example. You can look at that, you know, because the Bible often talks about the Hittites, okay? Because we're going to talk about a little bit right now, uh, history and geography in the Bible, Okay, um, we're going to talk about the Hittite nation. The Bible often talks about the Hittites, and you'll see mention of the Hittites in Genesis 15, uh, excuse me, Gen yeah, Genesis 15, Numbers chapter 13, and also in Joshua chapter 3. But for years, the skeptics said that the Bible was wrong, that there were no such people. For years, the skeptics did not believe that the Hittites were an actual nation of people. Okay, so, but then in 1906, all right, a, an archaeologist by the name of Hugo Winkler excavated Hattusa, okay, and Hattusa was the Hittite capital, okay, and so now we found out after he excavated the Hittite capital, we know that its height, that at its height, the Hittite capital or the Hittite civilization rivaled Egypt. It was better than Egypt. It was greater than Egypt and Assyria, both Egypt and Assyria in all of their glory. Let's look at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 3. Verse 3 says, And David sent and inquired after the woman, and, and, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. So we see here the scripture gives us plainly the nationality of a people which were the Hittite people. And again, you this is not the only instance in scripture. You will also find that in Genesis chapter 15, Numbers 13, and Joshua chapter 3, where the Hittites are mentioned. And when you have free time, Take the time and go look up Hugo Winkler, 
Okay, W-I-N-C-K-L-E-R. H-U-G-O-W-I-N-C-K-L-E-R. And his get the read up on his information that he found when he ex excavated Hattusa, which was the Hittite capital. All right, when you read in uh, uh, Genesis chapter one, uh, excuse me, Exodus chapter one, go read Genesis chapter one in your free time. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But when you read Exodus chapter one and verse 11, we want to talk about two cities. Now, I don't know. Um, do you know of the two cities? There are two cities that the Israelites built. Anybody know the name of those two cities without going to the chapter and the verse? There are two cities that the Israelites built while they were in Egypt. And the Bible says that the Israelite slaves built this city using bricks of clay mixed with straw. Then also they built them with clay and stubble. And then also they built bricks with clay alone. Anybody know the names of the, the name of these two cities? Anybody read that in scripture or watched the Ten Commandments? The name of the cities are Python and Ramses. Python and Ramses. You'll find that in Exodus chapter 1, verse 11. Okay, the name of the two cities that the Israelites built in Egypt were Python and Ramses. A-R-A-A-M-S-E-S. R-A-A-M-S-E-S and P-I-T-H-O-M. Okay. Now, in 1883, um, an excavator by the name of Naville examined the ruins of Python, listen to this, and he found all three types of brick that are mentioned in Exodus chapter 5. Exodus 5 tells us the three different kinds of brick. What kind of brick did we say? What did they make brick out of? Clay mixed with straw, then clay with stubble, and then clay by itself. And when they did the excavation, they found three different types of stones or, or, or bricks that have been made in Python and Ramesses, which are mentioned in scripture, which solidifies that they actually did what the Bible said they did. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Even when you get to the book of Acts, let's talk about the book of Acts. Now, again, we're talking about history and geography. We see that the Bible, amen, hallelujah, gives us proofs that the world or, or, or scientists try to disprove. Okay. Sir William Ramsey was a skeptic and he was seeking out to disprove the Acts uh, by tracing Paul's journey. So he decided he was going to trace Paul's journeys and he was going to disprove the book of Acts as false. Instead, this man got saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The turning point came when he proved to the contrary the ex and, and, and the accepted views and he learned that the Bible was right he learned that the Bible was right when it implied that Iconium, which was a city, was in a different region from Lystra and Derby. When you read in the book of Acts, chapter 14 and verse 7, okay, 
All right. And you'll see when you when you look in archaeological books, the uh, archaeology and Bible history, um, there's a book called Archaeology and Bible History. And if you look in that book um, on page 317, you will find that there is proof. He proved that Iconium was in a different region than Lystra and Derby. The scripture said it was, but the historians did not believe that it was. So because they did not believe that it was, he went and decided that he was going to search it out. And when he went to search it out, he wanted to disprove that Paul went on these journeys, that this was absolutely incorrect. And instead, this man realized that the word of God was the truth and God saved him. How about that? Oh, glory to God. What an amazing God we serve. Amazing God we serve. So listen to some of the quotes. Uh, and you'll read that about um, Iconium and Derbe and Lystra in uh, Acts chapter 14, verse 6. Okay. Now, again, we are looking at the proof of history. Sorry about that. Okay, we're the accuracy, we're proving the accuracy of scripture by looking at history and geography. Okay, history and geography proving that what the Bible said was in fact true. And even though the archaeologists tried to disprove it, they ended up finding out that what the Bible said was right. All right. Let's go to the next one. Let's look at science. Let's look at science. So we just looked at how the accuracy of the Bible has been proven through history and geography. Now let's look at how the Bible has been proven accurate through science. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40. Let's see what Isaiah 40 says. Okay, let's see what Isaiah chapter 40 says. Right, and that's going to be our springboard right there. Now we're talking about the Bible proven or science, even though, and we talked about that last week, how that, how that scientists contradict themselves, their own theories. They contradict their own theories, not understanding, you know what I'm saying, that you can't say that, you can't. Say it right now and make it, okay, this is the, this is a scientific law. And then when it doesn't suit you, you want to throw it out. Okay, you, you, when the, when the proof is in the proof, you have no choice but to accept the truth of God's word. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 40. Okay, and let's look at verse 22. Isaiah 40 and 22. And it says, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Now, I want you to pay attention to what this says. Now, in science, centuries ago, they said the earth was flat. In science, centuries ago, they said the earth was flat. But evidently, they didn't read Isaiah. Because Isaiah said, it is he that sitteth upon the what? Circle of the earth. So Jesus, so God was already establishing that the earth was not flat. The earth was round. Okay? And so, 
Isaiah wrote this when men were thinking that the earth was flat, that if you drove to, or if you, or if you rode in the boat, or, you know what I'm saying, to the end of the world, that you would just fall off. That's what they thought. Okay? And so now we have pictures that they have taken from space to show us the shape of the earth. But how did Isaiah know? How did Isaiah know that? God revealed it. And now science backs up, backs up the fact that God is sitting on the what of the earth? The circle of the earth. The science is pro has proven now that the earth is round. When God had already said it, when they thought that the earth was flat. Let's look at Job 26. I just think that that is just like, seriously, that's just amazing. Like, y'all talking about the earth was flat. You thinking that you're going to fall off the earth if you go too far. And here is Isaiah with all this revelation before they had science to back it up that the earth was round. Amen. Let's look at Job 26. And again, why are these things important to us? Because remember, now we are looking at the accuracy of the Bible. We are looking at the fact that the word of God is right and it's true all by itself. And we're using these witnesses. Okay. These are witnesses. Remember we said God never leave himself without a witness. So we're, he, we're looking at these witnesses and these witnesses are testifying to the truth that God's word is true. Even if people want to debunk it, even if they want to fight against it, even if they want to try to disprove it, we see that even science, history, and geography are attesting or testifying to the truth of God's word. So let's look at Job 26. Job 26, and let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, he stretcheth out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon nothing. So how is the earth held up? How is the earth held up? What does the earth, what does the earth, what is the earth held up on? It says in the scripture, amen, uh, uh, Job 26 and seven, am I reading the right verse? Yes. 26 and 7, he stretcheth out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon nothing. Ancient men believed many errors. But how did Job understand that the earth is hanging on to nothing? How did Job know that? How did he know that? How did he even have an understanding of that? God gave him revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's go real quick to Psalm, the eighth Psalm, Psalm eight and eight. And so tonight we're doing a lot of going back and forth into the scripture because we want to establish. Did I read to y'all from the right place? Was I in the right book? Hold on a second. Okay. Thank you. Cause y'all know I'll be reading you another chapter. All right, praise the Lord. All right, so let's look at Psalm, the eighth chapter of Psalm. Eighth division of the book of Psalms, okay? We are looking at these witnesses to prove that 
We're using, we're going to look at science, what science says, and then using the word of God. Amen. And seeing that God's word is true and science is proven that God's word is true. Hallelujah. Even if they are in denial today. All right. Psalms 8 and 8. It says the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. Okay. So the fish pass through what? The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. Okay. So man knew of no paths in the sea until Matthew Moray read this verse. He searched until he discovered the ocean currents and became known as the father of oceanography. Listen to me. This is so profound that when you study history about even the way the boats rode before we had, you know, air, airplanes to fly from one country to the, to the other, the big deal about the Titanic sinking was that the Titanic was on the wrong side of the current. These paths that are in the sea, these paths, there was a literal highway. And there still is literal highways in the ocean, literal pathways based off of the currents of the sea. And so you had boats that were leaving to go overseas, going over one path and boats coming back from that direction, going in a whole nother direction, you know, on another path. And so this is why now, you know, they have all of these gadgets that you can use, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't have all of that back then. But this man, Matthew Morey, when he read this verse, okay, he searched until he found out that the ocean had a current. These currents guide our fish back and forth, you know what I'm saying? And take them, you know what I'm saying? Upstream and downstream. Come on here. Amen. It causes, there are places where, where uh, fresh water empties out into salt water. Come on. How is that? And it's all governed by that path that's in the sea, those currents that guide it. Hallelujah. I think that is amazing. And so now there's an entire science called oceanography to study the science of the ocean and the life that is in it. Man didn't know that there were any paths in the sea. All right. Let's look real quick to Ecclesiastes. Excuse me. Let's look at Ecclesiastes, the first chapter. We are seeing the witness of the accuracy of the Bible. The science is witnessing to the accuracy of scripture. Okay. Ecclesiastes 1 and 7. All right. And it says, all the rivers run into the sea. We were just saying that. One, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. Okay? What does this verse tell us about rivers? Rivers run to the sea, and the sea does not get fuller, and then they go back to where they came from before. Okay? 
it tells us that rivers run to the sea, the sea does not get fuller, and the rivers go back from where they were before. Today we understand how this happens by what we call the water cycle. The water cycle. Okay, one second, please. Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Thank you. Okay, I just had to because it was too much noise. Okay, so we understand this. What this is called the water cycle and evaporation. You learn this in earth science. You learn this in, in earth science. Headwaters. Headwaters come down from the mountains. They run down into tributaries and rivers. Rivers. And these rivers run out into the sea. And then evaporation takes place again out in the sea. Condensation. Right? Condensation, evaporation. Amen. And then and then it comes back down again as precipitation. Listen to me. Hallelujah. So we understand. Here is Solomon given this wisdom. Earth science was not a thing yet. But he had already said, he's sharing with us. God is revealing to us all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. You didn't have to go study the the cycle, the water cycle to get that. All you had to do was read Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Here is science witnessing that God created everything that the Bible is correct because we read the proof in scripture and years or centuries later scientists discover or so they think they discovered what God has already revealed what God has already revealed the Bible is has contradicted unproved theories but properly understood it has never been contradicted by any proved scientific fact so in other words science well oh, the bible has contradicted other theories it has proven those other theories wrong but those other theories those other scientific theories has never proven the scripture incorrect we're still waiting we're still waiting we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Here it is that God revealed scientific proofs, eons, centuries before man discovered them, but they were already written in the book. Already written in the book. He had already he had already said it. Okay. Hallelujah. So what I want to do real quick now, so I want you to unmute your phones real quick because I want to ask you a couple of questions. All right. Because I want to make sure that you understand the things that we have been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Why is this important? Because of the fact that we want to be able to give an answer to every man for the faith that lies in us. We don't want to just be in church speaking in tongues and shouting and dancing. And we thank God for all of that. But we want to be able to stand and talk to the most educated person. I don't care how many degrees they have. Let's talk about the fact that what you're studying is already in the book. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you're trying to discover has already been revealed. Glory to God. But you're not reading the right book. 
You're reading your, your scientific theories, but you're not reading the word of God. And it's already in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to give you a couple of questions for you to be able to ponder. Right. So that's going to help me understand um, what you're thinking. OK. Um, so. When we were talking about the Bible and evolution, does the Bible and evolution agree or disagree with each other? Disagree. Huh? Disagree. Very good. Very good. Okay. So what is your reaction? Give me a genuine reaction that you have to this particular lesson. The evidence about the accuracy of the Bible, the historical uh geographical or you know what I'm saying uh historical geographical and scientific evidence that the scripture is correct or showing the accuracy of the bible what is your reaction to that what do you think about that now that you know that what man was has been studying was already in the scripture what do you, what is your reaction to learning that? What is your reaction to that? Oh, it's awesome because, um, like you said, we'll have an answer, I mean, uh, uh, historical and geographically about the things that they may try to say they learned in their books, their history books. We'll say it already existed. We can go as far as back as however long, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas they can only go lost you or you might have lost me <laughs> you, might have lost. <laughs> you might have lost me right there hallelujah thank you jesus all right say again <laughs> so, so what really it's just what is the reaction what is there should be a reaction to the fact that okay let me okay let me answer the question and then you come back and you answer afterward okay my reaction to let's just say something about what kind of bricks were made okay the bricks the bricks of clay the bricks of clay and straw the bricks of clay and stubble okay them finding proof when they excavated python and ramses and seeing that this these three kinds of bricks actually existed you have to understand how urgent that is and 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 how um how powerful that is because many people try to disregard the fact that the enslavement of the jews even took place by the egyptians they they debated about whether it's accurate or whether it's did it really happen well, the scripture tells us that the that the Israelites were there building those two cities. You there is there is geographical proof that Python and Ramses existed and that those three kinds of bricks that were mentioned in scripture specifically way before we had archaeologists. Way before archaeology was a science. That now we see that not only was is the Bible 
is the, is does is the Bible right? But now we have proof. We have proof that this actually happened. Who? Where else is it written that they built? They made those bricks and built that city with those three types of bricks. You understand what I'm saying? So that the reaction that I have to that is that I'm amazed. Um, I, I get amazed at the witnesses that are speaking to prove the accuracy of scripture, to, to shut down the skeptic. The skeptic may say whatever they want, but, you know, aside from the fact that it's 66 books written by 40 different authors over 2,000 years plus period of time, and never did many of them meet. They're in different generations. Aside from that, well, that's a miracle by itself. But then you add to that, that we have geographical, historical, and scientific proof that the scripture is accurate. Listen, it behooves us to believe everything that we read in the Bible. So if you have any doubts, if you, you know, wonder if it's true or if the things that, because they're so magnificent and so like, oh my God, did that really happen? You know what I'm saying? And because they are so amazing, you you wonder, well, I wonder if that really did happen. That was so long ago. We don't have no proof. And then, you know, you have people who question everything. You know, they got conspiracy theories for everything. So we can't believe everything that's in the history books, the history books, da, 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 da. Well, what can you do with this? When the scripture proves that what you digging up is right. It's here. It's here. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Prophet Charlotte, you had a question? No, that was Naval. Naval was 1883, and he was the one who was who discovered Python and Ramses and the and the bricks. Okay, so the one, the person who got saved was Sir Ram was Sir William Ramsey. Okay, um, um, when he was studying about the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, okay, I have him written down too. Okay, I'm sorry. It's Hugo Hugo Win- Winker. Winkler. Winkler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hugo Winkler. May read their books and not go back and find out that the fact that they tried to study and prove it wrong got end up he ended up getting saved. So say they try to do that in school or whatever, their history is geological, and we can take them back to the word uh, back in 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 Second Samuel and tell them about the Hittite people all right. existed like they you know what I'm saying like they were trying to say they didn't exist. Right. And then the same thing with uh, in 1883, 
about the, the brick mm-hmm. and the, the claim the straw and, and all this kind of stuff that they would try to prove to us through our through their university and theological school mm-hmm. uh, because they don't go deep. I learned that they don't go real deep in the Bible. Well, the reality is, is when you go, when you, if you take any Bible class, honestly, if you study Old Testament or New Testament in college, they teach it to you as literature, not as though it is a reality, not as though it's the word of God. They teach it to you as it's just, it's like studying a Harry Potter book, basically in their mind. That's the way, that's the way, that's the treatment that they give it. Not that it's actual truth or that it's a true historical document. You know what I'm saying? They treat it as religious literature that the Christians and the Jews, well, the Jews believe the Old Testament, the 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 Christians believe the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it's religious history. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily true history that's the way that they approach it they teach it in a literary sense and so this is good to know because you come across people who are agnostics and they don't necessarily believe you know what i'm saying that this is accurate history you know someone would probably give all uh uh kudos to um to Matthew Maury for discovering oceanography without understanding right. how he came to study oceanography. Um, not understanding that it was not until he searched, you know what I'm saying? It's not until he read Psalms 8 and 8 that it sent him on a study to make him want to find out what are these paths in the ocean. That brought us the science of oceanography. And um, Miss uh, Prophetess Andrea's writing on the um, thing. She said, that's true. That's true. They teach uh, teach it along with the Epic of Gilgamesh. Yes. And they're trying to tear down the scriptures of Noah and the Flood. Absolutely. And I know because I took Bible in, in, in college. I took Old Testament history. Uh, I took Old Testament and New Testament in secular college. And they just treat it as literature and they don't want to give it any credence as correct. And so this is why, this is why we need to be able to study these kind of things and know the accuracy of scripture so that when we sit in a classroom and they try to tell us this, ah, 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 we have historical, geographical and scientific proof that the Bible is accurate. And that's what you need to be able to do. They don't believe it unless you call their people's names that they know. Ask them, well, okay, let's talk about Matthew Maury and who, who created oceanography. Let's talk about the archaeologists. Okay, let's talk about Navo. Let's talk about Sir William Ramsey. Let's talk about them. How that they, from their studies, and they're not their study was not religious in nature. Their goal was to disprove Okay, Sir William Ramsey, especially, he wanted to disprove that Paul took that journey in Acts. Yes. That that never happened. That's an impossibility. He wanted to trace uh, Paul's journeys and disprove that what was written in Scripture ever even happened. And while he was on his way, 
He had his own Damascus Road experience and got saved. So, so this is why it's important for us, you know, is we need to know our Bibles. We need to study the scriptures as Jesus said, for in them you think you have eternal life and they of there that are written of me. This is what he said. We need to know the scripture, but you also must be able to, you need to be able to give an answer to every man for the faith that lies in you. So let me ask a question based on our lessons and what we were talking about. So which view do you believe agrees best with what we observe in nature? Now we talked about two views. What are the two views we talked about when it comes to nature, when it comes to the science of the Bible? What do we call that? What do we call it? What do we call it scripturally? What, what I say scripturally, what, what do we as believers, we would call this what kind of science when it comes to uh, uh, how the earth was made and, um, um, and all that is explained in the book of Genesis? What do we call that? Well, what do we call it? What do we call it? You said it, but I just want that one word. We call it creation. Right? There you go. So you have creation, right? Right. Creation, this creation science, or what's the other one? What do, what do the scientists call it? We call it creation. They call it... They call it evolution. They call it evolution. So we call this creation. Now, remember, I was telling you um about the program that used to come on. Did any of y'all try to look that up? That program? Yes, about that. Yes, did any of y'all look that up about intelligence design? Okay, so when you get a chance, check that out when you whenever you get a chance. So let me ask you a couple of questions off of the entire lesson altogether. Okay? Remember we talked about in the beginning, we established the Lordship of Jesus. We established who God is. We established, you know, a relationship with God. So uh, we talked about pleasing God. What must we believe in order to please God? This is from lesson one. What must, what must we believe in order to please God. Should we believe what the preacher says? Uh, come on, it's a verse of scripture. Huh? What the word says. Okay, yes, but I gave y'all a specific answer based off scripture. I don't think I was there for that first one. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> That's a cute answer, but yes, you were. Oh, Lord. Okay. The scripture tells us what? In order for us to please God, what must we believe? Listen to me. Thank you. I got somebody who wasn't even in the, in the class and knows the answer. And what's the second part? Uh, uh, evangelist, what's the what's the next part? Says Angie, what's the next part? The first part is that he is. And what else? I said that. That he is. And what's the 
I no, you did not. No, you did. No, you did not. No, ma'am, you didn't say that, ma'am. No, you didn't. Ma'am, how come nobody heard you say that? You must have had your mute on. It's on my paper right here. But I didn't hear you say it. And there he's a rewarder. Uh, okay, finish it. A rewarder of what? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay. Um what did what did Thomas call Jesus? What did Thomas call Jesus? When 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 Jesus came in the room, what did Thomas call Jesus? My what and my what? My Lord and my Savior? No. You got the first part right. My Lord and my... Y'all must not be taking good notes. <laughs> College don't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay, so the what is the first part is my Lord and my my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Where do the scriptures come from? It's my Lord and my God. Huh? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Where did the scriptures come from? They are inspired by God. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. God did not leave himself. God did not leave himself without a what? Thank you, a witness. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Okay, what does this verse say is the origin of life? Okay, what does this verse say is the origin of life? Okay, life on earth always existed, an unplanned accident of nature, produced the first primitive life by spontaneous generation in the ancient swamp. Life on earth was created by a living, wise, powerful God. I'm sure. <laughs> you really was. I'm sorry. You really, really was. <laughs> the Bible says that, or what we were studying, the, what we were studying was that life, the origin of life on earth was created by a living, wise, and powerful God. Okay. Okay. Man has dominion over what? This is easy breezy. Come on. The birds and all the things they're in. Ma'am, come on. You need to name some more. Okay. And what else? That's 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 a first grade answer. Come on here. Give me the right answer. Okay. What's the second part? Is it? Oh, the verse. Everything. Everything. Oh, creation. I mean. 
No, that's not that's not what that's not what Genesis says. Man has dominion over what? I want I want explicit I want the express answers. Okay, the earth. What else? What else? The earth. Okay, yes. Um uh, and and Sister Angie said the earth. Yes, correct. <coughs> what else? I know you did. I said correct, but you're not finished. I need there's, there's more to that answer. What else? You said what? No, you get the answer. You was in the class. She wasn't in the class. Okay. What else? Um, no. The Bible don't say that man have dominion over the air. No, ma'am. That's not what it says. <laughs> That's not what it says. Uh, uh, Providence Bradley, you don't got no answer? Huh? What was that, Apostle? I was asking you what you said. I didn't hear you. We have dominion over the earth. We have dominion over um, the creatures, over all living creatures. I want y'all to name them, Lord Jesus. It, when you read in the book of Genesis, it don't say all living creatures. I, already, I just told you, I just told you that wasn't acceptable, ma'am. <laughs> I don't grade on the curve. I want the whole answer. Is the seed of in the air? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And now, to be fair, to be fair, I just didn't say, but Sister Angie said it. And now, Minister, our Prophetess Andrea said over every living thing, y'all want to give me little one-sided answers. I want the, <laughs> I want the whole thing. It is supposed to be the... <laughs> Fish in the sea, the birds in the air, all creeping things and the earth. Four. There's four things. He gave them dominion over the earth, dominion over the birds of the air, dominion over the fish of the sea, and creeping things. Praise our God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I just act. We just talked about this. Name the two cities that the Israelites built in Egypt. I got it. I got it. I'm not fooling with y'all. I got it. I got it. Huh? Say, I can hear the phone is breaking up. Python and Ramses. The two cities that the Israelites built. Um, <laughs> she's late. <laughs> I am. Oh Lord, Miss. Sister Angie, no, they did not build Goshen. They built Python and Ramses. 
Python and Ramses. Goshen was a city that was on the outskirts that was in Egypt where they dwelt, but they did not build that one. Yes. <laughs> okay. What does the Bible tell us about the rivers? We read it. We read it. I'm not telling you where it is. You both had took notes.
Yeah, 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 Probably not. Can somebody please send uh post on the um Oasis Orlando the Oasis Church page our um underneath the uh the live can you post the um link to the we can really get off of here but I, we got cut off so they they got cut off from the Bible study. Okay, so. We talked about how every, the design and the designer. Remember the lesson? Remember the lesson we talked about the design and the designer. Everything that is designed has a designer. It's been created by somebody or something. So just as a house must have a maker who ultimately built it, right? The ultimate maker of all things is... Thank you. Very good. We'll say that. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. Yes. Jesus or God. Very good. Jesus or God. Yes. Okay. Hebrews 3 and 4. No? Yes. Yes, indeed. Um... I think that's it. I think that's it. So next, next week by God's grace, next week by God's grace, we're going to go into the second part. This was just part one. Hallelujah. This was just part one. You guys are good sports. I hope that you learned something. Did y'all learn something over the past couple of weeks? Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. So next week, next week, by God's grace, we want to start digging into this a little bit more. Um, and we're going to we're going to do witness number three because we stopped on witness number two. Witness number three is going to be the unity of the scripture. Okay. We're going to look at how the Bible is one unified message. Okay, and that's that's going to be part of that. Then we're going to talk about fulfilled prophecy. We're going to talk about witness number three and witness number four. Okay, so witness number three is the unity of the Bible. Witness number four is fulfilled prophecy. And so we're going to look at different prophecies, when they were given, where they were given, and their fulfillment. We'll also, we probably won't get into this next week, but we'll talk about, excuse me, talk about the witness of miracles. That's witness number five. Witness number six, the resurrection. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay, witness number five. You'll go back over it. You, we, we'll go back over it. Number three is the unity of the scripture. Number four is fulfillment of prophecy. Okay. Number five. Witness of miracles. Number five is the witness of miracles. Okay. Witness number six is the resurrection. All right. Got that. So we're gonna be studying those. We're gonna be we're gonna be digging into those. 
um, over the next, you know, couple of weeks or so. All right. Uh, I pray that y'all got something out of this. Let me just real quickly, by way of announcement, remind that the fast begins tonight at midnight. Tonight at midnight, we'll be fasting until 12 noon tomorrow. When you do eat, you can eat fruits and vegetables. You can eat rice or whatever, potatoes or whatever. No meat. Okay? We will have prayer tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. What time? 6 a.m. On the prayer line. And so uh, I will... Are we going to be on here? No, the prayer line. I'm going to post the prayer line number again. Oh, okay. So everybody will have the prayer line number. And I then... Have it. Okay. And then Sunday again. So we'll be fasting on tomorrow till 12 noon, Sunday till 12 noon, Monday till 12 noon. Okay? Saturday till noon, Sunday till noon. Well, Sunday till after church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Monday till noon. But we'll have prayer on Saturday morning at 6 and Sunday morning at 6. We'll also be having communion on Sunday. So get you some crackers and juice or some bread and juice or whatever. You know what I'm saying? To prepare so that you'll be able to take communion along. Of course, we can't do it together, but we can do it virtually. So let's prepare for communion for Sunday, okay? Okay. Amen. Amen. I enjoyed Bible study with y'all tonight. It was such a blessing. Amen. 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 So we're going to ask up Sister Kim, can you close us out in prayer, please? Yes, ma'am. Amen. God, we thank you for this word tonight. God, we thank you for bringing us together and covering everyone in these rough days, God, and keeping us strong and filled with your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. We thank God for everybody. Y'all be blessed. Get some rest. If you're going to have a snack, have it before midnight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I will hear y'all on the prayer line in the morning. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at PenFed.org slash autorefi. Or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut or... Uh, there are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions, like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte, plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.